price is how much someone is willing to pay for something. Value is the importance, the worth or usefulness of something. Price and value are two different things. You need to remember that. You can pay a high price for something of less value. You can pay a lot of money for something of less value. Or you can pay a low price for something of high value. I have a guitar pick here. I can show you a guitar pick. I go with it everywhere. This is a guitar pick. This is nothing to most people in this church. <laughs> to most of you, this is useless. You can't even pay five cents for this. It's useless to most people. But for those who would play guitar, like Grant there, this is a lifesaver. <laughs> this thing <laughs> is so important to us. We are willing to pay even $50 for a customized guitar pick online. Yes, people can pay $50 for customized guitar picks online. And if Tommy Emmanuel has used it, ooh, you can pay even 1000 Yeah, Because the person who has been using it is important to you, then it adds the value of your guitar pick. You see now how things can get valuable and we can pay more for them. Why? Because the value of a product is determined by its importance. And its significance or its importance is determined by its purpose. Once something is useful, it becomes valuable. And the purpose of a product determine, is determined by its maker. The maker determines the purpose. And the purpose determines the value. Are we together? So something is useful for you if you're going to use it. But the purpose, the use of it, depends on the creator of it. The creator will determine, this is a guitar pick, okay? I produce guitar picks. That's the purpose of it. It's valuable to me because I can use a guitar pick. That's why it's useful to me. So the same applies to people. The value of each human being is determined by their creator. Our maker has determined our value. Everyone is useful. Even if you don't see their value, they are valuable. Even though you don't feel their value, they are still valuable. Even though they annoy you, they are still valuable. Even though they mean nothing to you, every human being is valuable. There is value in each human being. So how do we see value in people? How do we see the importance of every human being? Why is it even important to value people? Why is it necessary to value people around us? How valuable are people in your life? We are going to answer that question this morning. 
Let's go to the word of God and open John chapter 4. John 4 from 4 to 9, from verse 4 to verse 9. He had to travel through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her. Oh, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink from me? A Samaritan woman, she asked him. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 16 to 18, go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Jesus taught us how to value people. John tells a story of a woman who was not valued by people. But she had so much value in Jesus' eyes. The Samaritan woman ticked all the boxes to earn religious and cultural discrimination. She earned it. She earned her discrimination. First of all, she was a Samaritan. She was a Samaritan. What's the problem with that? Yeah, it's a big deal. Samaritans were not considered pure children of Abraham. Because it's believed that they were half-breed Jews. They were not pure Jews. Half-breed Jews. Therefore, they were considered an inferior race. There was some kind of racism going on here. Yes. Uh, We can now laugh about it, but that's the truth. There was some kind of racism going on here. Oh, racism still exists today. Some people still think some races are less than other races. It was the case that day. The Jews thought they were superior. So they discriminated against Samaritans. And she was Samaritan. So her race was discriminated against. Samaritans were not even allowed to worship in the same temple with Jews. Not that they they didn't want to go there, no. They were not welcome. Because they were inferior race. So racially, this woman was already discriminated against. But she was not only a Samaritan. She was also a woman. (laughs) In their culture, they did not value women. Women's testimony was not valued in the court. Even if 20 women saw you stealing. And you come and say, I didn't do it. And they come, they say, yeah, we saw him. You are free. You go home. And 20 women saw you. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) 
women's testimony. No, I don't agree with that. I don't think I'm preaching. I'm preaching against women. I'm just telling you what was the case 2,000 years ago. Yes, that's not what we do in our church. It was a shame. Women were not going to school. No, this time only the boys were going under a rabbi, a teacher, to learn the Torah. Girls stayed home, cook and do other things. And Jesus paid attention to this woman. She ticked the box of discriminatory discrimination in her culture and her religion. But that was not enough. She was a five-time divorcee. You can be everything but not that. In the eyes of people, that was very discriminatory. Not that she was only a woman, but a woman who has been rejected five times. That means she was a woman of no value. Five times. The first one used her. The second one abused her. The third one misused her. The fourth one misused, abused, and used. The fifth one, I don't know what, nothing left. And now she's living with someone who is not her husband. Her self-esteem has gone to the... Dropped like nothing. Nothing. She's become just black rubbish. In our own eyes, in the eyes of the society. But let's add on top of that. This sixth man he, she was living with was not her husband. That means she was living in sin. She was living in sin. Another reason is to be discriminated. She's living in adulterous relationship. Things were bad for this woman. Relationally, economically, socially, everything was going wrong. And maybe she was hooked in this relationship for financial support. This fifth, sixth one, maybe that's what she was looking for at this time. In the eyes of many, she was useless, purposeless, and cheap. But in the eyes of Jesus, she found value. So let me tell you what happened here. There are some lessons we need to extract from this experience with Jesus with this woman. So the first lesson I want to bring to your attention today is you pay for what you value. You pay for what you value. They call it the law of supply and demand in business. Most of you know that. The more valued a product becomes, the more money people are ready to pay. Business people, sometimes they try to tell us we need it. On TV, every advertisement ends with call now, buy now, pay now, as if you need it now. Why? Because if you need it now, then you can pay for it now. You pay for what you value. They want to make you feel like you need it. 
You can't live without it. Yes, I can. We saw something like that on TV, my wife and I, and we ordered it. There were big pillows like this. We couldn't sleep on it. It was like, <laughs> never buy now. Think first. Think first. <laughs> Sorry for disclosing that. But. but this principle is also true with God. It's true with God. The most valued commodity is time. The most valued asset is time. Because time is money. So see what is happening here. Jesus gave the best commodity to this woman. Time. Time. Jesus paid for what he valued. Jesus sat down and started a conversation with this woman. He did not rush the conversation. It was not just, hi, hi, how are you, how are you? No. It was a long conversation. Jesus was not in a hurry. He answered her questions. He asked, he asked questions. And he followed up with other questions. And he allowed the woman to talk back. Jesus gave his time. To know what someone values, look at their budget and their calendar. Where do they spend their time? And where do they spend their money? You will know what they value the most. Where they spend their money and their time determine what they value. Often we fail to spend time with people who matter to us because we are busy chasing what we value the most. We fail to spend time with our families because we are busy chasing other hobbies or work or something else. You know, these days people spend more time with games than their families. You spend more time on Facebook and, social and, and, and Instagram than your husband or your wife. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. You spend more time with your phone. Why do you spend your time? That's what you value. We don't need even to argue about it. Just tell me where you spend most of your time. And I will tell you that's what you value the most. You don't have two hours to spend for church. But you have 20 hours on Facebook in your, in your week. Oh, I don't have time, you know. But I can't pray. I really find myself. I don't have time. Show me your phone. Thank God for Apple. They show us, they give us result. You've been on your phone 16 hours this week. Eh, 16 hours. And you couldn't come to church for two hours. Ah, God, I value you. I love you so much. Show me your phone. You know what I've learned also? I've also learned that the closer you get to people, the less prejudice you have about them. Yes. Some people don't sound like us. They don't look like us. They don't even believe in the same things we believe in. But if we don't talk to them, we'll never understand them. But we judge them. Proximity reduces prejudice. The closer you get to people, the more you understand them. You know why the Pharisees always accused people? They judge people. They never talk to them. 
The Pharisees kept a distance between them and people. And that's why they were judgmental. And then Jesus came and started talking to them. And they judged Jesus for talking to them. While Jesus understood them. Because he spoke to them. He spent time with them. You know why you're judgmental about people? Because you don't listen to them. Spend time with them. You'll discover they have the same concerns you have. Most of them want just to feed their families. Most of them just want to see, to have a better life. People believe in the things they believe in because they've been taught that's what can fix their problems. Until you listen to them, you won't know. Jesus paid attention. He was not judgmental. He wanted to listen to this woman's story. He wanted to sit with her and give time to her. You pay for what you value. You give time, you give money to the things you value. And Jesus did not end there. The second thing he did, you serve who you value. You serve who you value. You know, Jesus started this conversation by adding value to the woman, by asking for water. You know what happened there? In that question, the woman has the upper hand. Am I making sense? The woman felt important. And she even responded, no, what are you talking about? That's not, that, 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 that's, that's not the way we do it. You Jews don't mingle with us. How, how can you ask me? what? I, she was shocked. A man and a Jew man asking me, a woman and a Samaritan woman for water? This can't be. I must be the most important person on earth. Jesus gave her some value in that question. Jesus elevated her. By asking for water. She felt special. If you see people as broken, you try to fix them. If you see people as needy, you try to help them. But if you see people as valuable, you serve them. They are broken, you are great, you can fix them. You see yourself as a fixer. If you see people as needy, Poor, vulnerable, you see yourself as a provider, a superhero. They can't do it without you. But if you see people as valuable, you find a way to serve them. Look, he said this in John 13, 12 to 17. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is no greater than his master, and a messenger is no greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus washing the feet of his disciple was an insult to him. Why? It was only, only for slaves to wash the feet of their masters. 
You could not wash the feet of anyone. The feet were considered the dirtiest part of the human body. So you can't touch there. And Jesus used that example to tell them, I'm not just your teacher. I'm also your servant. I can wash your feet and do the same for others. Where are these kind of people in the church who are ready to wash other people's feet? Where are they? Where are they? Who are you, a servant? You know, the world is full of bosses. We have so many, so many motivational videos and posts on social media and Pinterest and telling you how to become a great something. How to become successful. None of them teach, uh, teaches us how to become a servant. They all teach us how to get to the top. How to get to the top. Five ways to become successful. Seven ways to become successful. Twenty ways to become successful. I've lost count. I don't know if they are ten or seven or three. I don't know which one to follow. None of them will tell you three ways to be a servant. Ah, uh-uh, Jesus gave us only one. Wash the feet of the other. Ha, ah, where are those husbands who are willing to wash the feet of their wives? Where are those wives who are willing to wash the feet of their husband? Where are they? Ha <laughs> ah. Where are those church members willing to wash the feet of their community? Where are they? Those Christians willing to wash the feet of our community? Where are they? You serve who you value. You know, servanthood is attractive. If we are going to change the world, we must learn to serve it. To serve it. If we are going to save it, we need to learn to serve it. The world. Jesus came to serve. He humbled himself in front of that woman. Listen to her. Why? Because love serves. If you love people, you'll serve them. You serve who you value. The third lesson Jesus gave us in this story is that you add value to yourself when you value others. The more you value people, the more valuable you become. Because that's the more you serve. The more you value people, the more valuable you become. When Jesus met the Samaritan woman, he made the conversation about the woman. Jesus could have started with this. Hey girl, I'm Jesus. <laughs> the savior of the world. Can give you an autograph. He made the woman feel important and valuable. As a result, the woman made it about Jesus. There was an exchange. Jesus added value because she gave value to the woman. She went to the town to tell everybody about Jesus. While Jesus made the encounter about the woman, the woman made the encounter about Jesus. That's what happens. When you make life about others, it becomes about you. God just has a way to turn it. When you live for others, God makes it turning to become about you. It blesses you to live for others. I've seen so many selfish people. I've, I've seen them. They're not happy people. 
And be, maybe you're not happy today because you've been living selfishly. I don't want to call you selfish. I just want you are living selfishly. It's the act that I'm calling out, not, not you. You're a good person. John 4, 28 to 30. Then the woman left her water jar, went into town, and told the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. This woman became an evangelist. She became an evangelist simply because Jesus added value to her. Jesus boosted her confidence. Jesus gave the woman what no man had given her before. You know what? Value. Every other man in her life was objectifying her. She was a sexual object. Jesus came and said, no, that's not who you are to me. You have so much value to me. In fact, you are an evangelist. Jesus gave her a purpose. She was not an object. She was not an object. She was not an object. May we change the way we look at people. There is more to people than just the outside. There is more to people than the car they drive, than the shoe they are wearing, than the kind of holiday they go to. There's more to people than that. Every human being is valuable in God's eyes. Every human being has a purpose on earth. You should see that and value that. Young boys, don't objectify girls in your lives. Girls are not sexual objects. They are human beings with purpose. We should learn to see value in people. Value in people. Your wife has value. Your husband has value. Your children have value. Matthew 20, 25 to 28. Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lords it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Anyone can become great. Anyone can become a hero. Anyone, and I mean anyone, can leave a legacy. Your legacy lies in your service to others. Whoever wants to become the great among you must be your servant. Jesus said, there is a, there is a reward for those who add value to others. There is a reward. Whoever wants to become great might become a slave. And I don't know why Jesus chose this language, become a slave of others. It is dangerous to try to become a slave of others because you will feel exploited in the process. You will feel abused or used in the process. Some of them will not even show any gratitude. You serve them, they don't show you any gratitude. You give to them, they don't show you, show you any gratitude. Some people will abuse or misuse your services. You know what? God sees it all. He's the rewarder 
of your service. Maybe you are here and you are tired of serving people. Maybe you feel like you've been the one always giving, always giving, and nobody cares about you. I'm telling you, God sees it, and he cares about you. And he will reward you. He will reward you. When you serve, you add value. It's your service that adds value to you. Jesus is clear. He says, not the one who is being served who is the boss. Is the one who is serving who is the boss. In God's eyes, at least. And he said it. The rulers of this world, they are being served. They are being served. In my eyes, they are slaves. For those who are serving, adding value to others, giving and adding value into others, those are the ones God sees leading. You become more valuable as you see value in other people. And you value, you serve what you value. You serve who you value. When you devalue people, you devalue yourself. I heard a story of a guy who sent an envelope of money every time he was called for help. Every time a family member is in trouble, he sends an envelope of money. Every time there is a funeral, he sends an envelope of money. Every time some people are having like a working bee to build somebody's fence, uh, he sends an envelope of money. Every time there is a need to rush somebody at the hospital, he sends an envelope of money. Every time there is a need, he sends an envelope of money. And you might think, oh, this guy was a nice guy. He sends money everywhere. Okay. He lost his mother. Everybody contacted everybody and said, you know what? Let's send him envelopes of money. Everybody sent him an envelope of money. In return, he found himself with a lot of money with the, core, the body of his mother alone. Mm -hmm. No one to bury the mother. Why he did not value people? Who told you all we need from you is know your money? Who told you that you are important to me because you have money? <laughs> uh. So you think I'm your friend because you have money? Ah. You are wrong. I'm your friend because I like you. And I know when I'm in need, you'll come for me. When you're in need, I'll come for you. That's what I value the most. Because I value you. Let's change the way we see people. People are not objects. Human beings are valuable. They are relational beings. They deserve our time. They deserve our attention. They deserve our service. They deserve. I mean they deserve. They don't just need it. They deserve it. Your wife deserves your time. Your children deserve your time. Your husband deserves your time. Imagine this woman. She felt useless. She felt abandoned. But Jesus still saw some value in her. Can we learn to see value in people? 
I value you, my wife. I do value you. I think it's a privilege to be your husband. I don't think I, I deserve you. I don't think I deserve to be your husband. When I look at you, I feel like it's a privilege. And I'm willing to serve you. Every day of my life. To serve you at your service. To wash your feet. In fact, I do. <laughs> Ask her. I do. can get tiring to keep serving and keep serving and keep serving and you feel like you're not getting anything in return but Jesus is calling you today keep doing it you are the greatest because you are the servant in the relationship